What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. A very holiday and festive week for all of you. Fired up to be here. Fired up to ring in your holiday season. Let's go. We've got people that are taking time off of work. Shout out those extra hours in the day that you're going to get, albeit might be consumed by some other responsibilities, but it's nice not to be stuck behind the desk, isn't it? Are you eating some cookies? If you're not eating cookies, you're doing it wrong. You got to get in at least two cookies before lunch and two after that. Four cookie cap on the day. This is the time to do it. You're going to want to get a lot of calories. You're going to want to consume a lot of, you know, your favorites. Let your hair down a little bit. Also collect those damn sports cards because that's what we like to do. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for stopping by. We talk about sports cards around here and we talk about things that make us happy. And you know what? I'm happy. It's the holiday season. Got a little cheer. Got my daughter who's 14 months old. She's ho-ho-hoing around here. It's only two months last Christmas. So you know what? It just wasn't quite recognizing what was happening, but we're getting that going on and it's so much fun and I cannot wait to celebrate Christmas morning with her. So I'm I'm letting the holiday cheer really fill me up right now and I'm not getting uh not getting beat up by what happened in the world of sports around me. Um I'm not going to talk about the Colts collapse. What a embarrassment. We don't get I don't want to relive that. My head is certainly in the future. Man, your teams, they they ripped your heart out of your chest. They throw it on the ground and they stomp on it. But we keep coming back for more. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm taking a little bit of a breather on my uh, Colts-related safe searches this week. I need a break. I need to pull myself out. Um, I can't believe there's two more home games left. I'm... I'm uh, Definitely uh, calling in some friends on those. I'm not quite sure I can make it. Um, I am struggling, but you know what? I just got done as I'm recording this, watching the World Cup final, and that was highly entertaining. Shout out to all you soccer investors out there making money on Mbappe, making money on Messi, doing your thing. There are a lot of really great, authentic soccer collectors out there that I follow and I learn from, and I love the passion. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm a seasonal guy. I, you know, I'll catch a Premier League game here and there. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll watch uh, the World Cup, that's for certain. But man, that was, that was about as entertaining as you can get um, when it comes to sports. So glad I could come in on a positive note. The rest of NFL Sunday's kicking off in the background as I'm recording this. And man, I couldn't care less. Hit fast forward, please. Um, I'm sure I'll be okay on the other side. I just need a week break. Um, I think we're entering, you know, this the holiday season, and it always seems like it's the time where everyone's like, "Okay, this is when the NBA actually starts." And I'm always just like, "Well, what did we watch the last couple months of the season?" Um, but I am definitely turning my attention more on the NBA, and I would say I have been more invested in NBA action than I have in the last year or so, probably because the product of the team that I support is fun. It's a young and up and coming team. I'm excited at what the the Pacers certainly there's some bumps in the road but um you can see the future and they're winning ball games. So 
excited about that. Um, hopefully you, your team, whoever you like to collect is um, out there um, and you're enjoying that. I will say I have been um, dipping my toes into setting up some safe searches on the basketball side, not necessarily correlating it with uh, current players and current product. I don't want to get into that madness in action, but I will say I am feeling a lot of nostalgia around uh, my old collection players that I collected back in the day. I have a binder up here and I opened it. I opened up the binder and I, I look and I have all of my cards from when I was a kid, not all of them, but I have a, a, a lot of them organized in binders. And it's fun to see the players that I was interested in at that time. And I have them all organized out by player. So it's a uh, uh, very fun. And I, I definitely, uh, there was you know, when you're young, there's you gravitate to the um, maybe young and unproven at the time. The rookie year has always been a the rookie card has always been a thing for collectors. So I look through my binder and I've got you know my pacer section and I look at other names that are on the list. And so I am just dancing around the topic of if I were to dive into collecting. 90s oriented NBA cards. How do I do it? What would the approach be? Um, some of my favorite collectors on the internet are basketball exclusive collectors. I spend a lot of time collecting basketball cards. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I love ba the NBA and I'm just not an NBA collector. And I don't want to just, I've, I've gone in and I've bought cards and I've sold cards and it's nothing I've I've gone towards has re really resonated or stuck. And what I like, just because I would, if I were to do this, I would enter a new territory. It doesn't really change the style of collecting I have or the type of cards. So navigating those, those things that I've learned with football and wrestling cards and how that translates into basketball cards has been something I've been patiently observing for myself. Um, I don't want to jump in and leave again, but I want to jump in and stay. And so the more and more I think about the types of cards I like, um, why I like those cards, and then also pairing kind of a nostalgic component of players that made me feel something when I was younger, those types of things are lining up for me. So maybe there'll be more to report on soon. I have nothing to report on now, but I think that's the fun of collecting. The fun of collecting is constantly evaluating. It's constantly figuring out what are other lanes you can go down to help um, get you involved. And so I'm currently doing that. I think a lot of people's attention over this past week was focused in and has been focused in on these big boy and big girl auctions that are getting crushed and destroyed. And I think there's just this call for more reason, reason, more people want more reasonable prices. People want things to be more realistic. The end of the investor influencer era is over. It is over. They might still be there, but their ability to move the needle like it was or when it was happening or how it was happening, it's over with. It's done. The crushing has been crushed. The cards have been bottoming out. And I still think we have a lot of room to be honest with you. And I can say this because I am not someone who holds um, investment collectible type cards in the premier or elite level of things. That's not what I'm, I'm not collecting or buying on the mainstream. So I don't pay attention to that. 
So it's easy for me to say that I'm happy this is happening because I'm not holding any of those cards, but I don't think I would ever put myself in a position to do that because one of the things that I like to do as a collector is have it be something that is significant to me, but also be reasonable and responsible and something that I can afford or can take risk on. When I buy a card, if it goes down to zero, it goes down to zero and I can still pay my mortgage and I can still feed and support my family. Those are like some parameters that I put around cards that I buy and collect. But I think we saw just so much insanity for so long. And most of it was driven by individuals pumping and pumping and pumping. And the end of that era, as we know it, is over. Again, you might say, I still see X talk about Y, or I still see Y talk about X. They can keep talking all they want, but there will never be another point where individuals who don't know anything, who don't have passion, who are manufactured products of their own internet existence and circumstances will never be in a position to do that again. So I, I'm excited about that. And that's that's what I'm, we're here to talk about the end of this year and celebrate the holidays, but we're here also. And if you listen to last week's episode, with Andy, any car exchange. We're talking about the future, baby. We're talking about what's coming. And that's what I can say. I'm excited. And as a collector, I like buying cards at prices that are reasonable and affordable. Yeah, you're still going to have to pay for cards and you're still going to, it's going to, you're going to have to feel that a little bit, but I I don't think you're ever going to be in a position where if it's something you need, want, or desire, you're not going to be able to, you're going to be able to work for it and take equity out of your PC if you really want those cards and it's not going to cause you to lose sleep or not. I think that's my read on the situation. I want to thank Shane Sports Card Nobody for having me on his podcast, relatively newer creator in the space, um, talking about collect collecting. So go check out his show. I appreciated his uh, the conversation we talked about, you know, this show, why I do what I do, the evolution I've had. We talked about wrestling, of course, because I love professional wrestling. So excited that there are more content creators that are emerging that are talking about collecting. I think that's a really good and healthy thing. I always, uh, around this time, have my brother on the podcast uh, around the holiday season. It's been a tradition. Um, So he's coming back on at McGrath Cards. He's been posting some really, really fun cards. He's been in a groove recently picking up some stuff. Just want to have a conversation about the year in the hobby, things that he saw, things that he liked, didn't like, things he's learning. That'll be this Friday's conversation. So if you are here for a little brotherly love to ring in the new year, my brother is going to be on this. I'm also thinking about going into next week and kind of right before the new year, maybe put together a list of top things I'd love to see more of going into 2022. I will say, excuse me, the top 10 things I'd love to see more in 2023 is what I meant if I didn't say that. But in 2022, I think it's been the year of the collector. I think there has been less noise and more passion. I think there has been, I've noticed more people sharing cards because of personal personal significance and not money. No one cares about the money you're making or the money you're trying to make, but people care about the stories you have around the cards that you're collecting. I think that's really good. It's been encouraging. It's been a more enjoyable space to communicate, operate, and um, build connections in. I think it's one of the positive things that I see pop up on Instagram um, every now and again or on Twitter, people posting. 
but I haven't really talked about it. Uh, mostly because I, even though it's happening, I, I still don't necessarily like go out and buy it, the stuff, but I think it's good for our hobbies. The fact that retail is back and people aren't getting in fist fights and people aren't loading up their uh, Walmart carts full of uh, absolute football cards and going and trying to make a profit off of that. I think that's really good. I think hobby prices on wax, again, not something I'm paying attention to on a regular basis because I don't rip much wax. But hobby prices are more manageable and reasonable. And I know this because my barometer is if I get on um, any of the you know, major wholesalers out there and I look up a, a box of cards, types of cards that I like, and I look at it and think, you know what? Like I actually like could spend 350 bucks and get this. And that doesn't seem like even if I got anything, that would be a bad thing, but I always hesitate because I'm like, I'd rather take that 350 and go put it in a card that I really like. But the fact that I'm even entertaining that now is a good thing. I think people are getting cards back now, they're grading back and quicker than ever. I think it's more affordable, maybe not mo- more affordable than kind of before the valve got shut off, but I think prices are becoming more reasonable and people to digest. And whether you grade or not, think grading and having the efficiency of grading in our hobby is a really good thing. It's a good thing. It makes things move. Um, it makes cards available that might not be available. People like to grade and people like to sell so that then they can go buy. Um, I also think there are more grading options than we've had and more, um, not saying that you should go, you know, buy slab cards from 10 to 12 grading companies, but I think we're at the point where there's, you know, three or four five solid options and you should go through those and experience them yourself. So that's really good. I think sellers are being less rigid on offers. I think um, from my experience, I think when cards are available on eBay and let's say they're $499 with the best offer and you offer $375 and you put a note and say, Hey, I want to add this to my PC. I'm a collector of this player. Awesome card. Um, Appreciate the consideration. Thanks, Brett. Um, Instead of there being nothing or a counter, people are just accepting that. I'm feeling that, which is really good. Um, So I like how people are, you know, being more flexible with their buying or their selling. I think I've noticed a lot of people helping people and people certainly helping me. I think that's what it's all about. It's about making not... Buying cards should be out of your own self-interest. And if you're spending that kind of money, they should be for you, Um, not because someone else is saying that. But I think we should always have this intention and thought process in the mind, our mind saying, all these people we're connected with, we know them, we know what they're about, we know what types of cards they want. And if we see something that someone else has or someone else is making available, we shouldn't make them aware of that. So I think I've been seeing more and more people thanking others and more and more gratitude across the board. And I think gratitude helps make this hobby go around. I think there's been more content about collecting and process. And that's the foundational elements that these sh- this show is all about. And I'm, I'm thrilled. And I mentioned Shane. I'm just thrilled more people are out there talking about collecting. It is an embarrassment or has been an embarrassment how so few conversations around content in this hobby has been around collecting. Uh, for so long, I couldn't find a podcast to turn to that wasn't about making money or it wasn't about flipping cards. And again, by no means is that a bad thing or, and that is something that shouldn't happen. 
it has its time and its place, but we've been so oversaturated by that. And that again is a benefit of a down market is less people are out there pumping themselves up, blowing their own horn and more content is around coming out around collecting. I think there's been more restraint and thoughtfulness. I think people aren't throwing their money out there or people are in not even thinking twice about it and, or people going and making a big deal of out of these massive sales that only mean something to want less than a percent of our hobby. I think restraint is a really good thing in the hobby. I think being thoughtful is a really good thing in the hobby. And I've seen more of that in 2022 than I did in 2021 or years previously. I think there's been a lot of great conversations around design, look and feel. At the end of the day, if you're buying these cards to collect these cards, they've got to be something that hit you in the feel spot when you pick them up out of your case and you spend some time looking at them. I think that's what it's all about. And I think that the more we can have conversation around the art of the cards, the look, the appearance, um, what it makes you feel, what it makes you think like that, those things just get fused into the passion that we have and the conversations around collecting. And I just think any conversation we can have around look, feel, design, aesthetics, and do and more of that is a really good thing. And I think finally, and one of the things that I've definitely, it's been a pillar pillar theme of my collecting and something that I hope if you're listening to this show, you've heard me communicate this year. It's just this idea of continuity, making sure that everything that we collect connects back into something else in the collection at some way or the other. I love this idea of building. I love this idea that it's never ending and how you're just constantly trying to brick by brick, put cards together that are going to amount to something greater. It makes sense. We're ambitious people. We are collector-driven people. We don't want to buy based on transaction. We want to buy based on intention. And so I think the more conversations that we can have around continuity and the more display of heavy curation around continuity and telling your fellow hobby members why you're buying cards and how it connects back to this other card is really, really good. I'm okay with reactionary buying. And I've said this on several recent podcasts that I think reactionary buying helps enhance the hobby experience because the mail days are the dopamine hit that we need and they motivate us. And we also learn from bad buys. I think sometimes reactionary buying and buying that comes at us and us not planning for it can be is like the intersection of finding a deal and building continuity or finding a deal and starting something new within our collections. I think so often, and this happened to me this past week, there was a card available, and I'll talk about it more once I get it in hand, but this card was available, and I saw a price on this card, and it was from a product, and it was a parallel of a product that I absolutely love. And I saw the price of it, and I said, you know what? Like, I'm not currently collecting this player, but I love this card and this design so much that I got to buy this thing. And I think that's okay because then that spins off and maybe I start a collection around this specific parallel and I just go nuts on it. That is the creation of something new. And that never would have happened if I didn't see the original deal in place. I think getting out, getting a little uncomfortable at times is what this hobby is all about. But I'm fired up about what's happening in our hobby right now. And I think you all should do too, especially if you're here to collect some damn cards. I got so much great feedback around the conversation with Andy, owner of Indie Card Exchange. I think the one thing that I honed in on post-conversation was this topic of education. I think 
I think about Andy, I think about his position, I think about owning a, a hobby shop, and I think about myself personally and growing up and growing up and how the hobby shop was the, the institution. There was no internet. That's where we went to get cards. That's where we went to learn about cards. And I think it's changed so dramatically where now people just pick up phone or log on and get on YouTube and that's their source of truth. I think we have, as we're older collectors and individuals, you know, we have grown up and seen things happen in a certain way, but around us, we've seen new mediums explode and those new mediums have been social, audio, video, articles, online communities. I think access to these types of information is endless and it's simple, but also too, it gets me to think about, is this, is this good? Is this good for new people coming in? I don't know. It's, it's something that I'm thinking a lot about. I think the good thing about all of these new mediums and access to information is you get inspiration from other collectors, sets and products and players. I think inspiration and influence are certainly different. It's appreciation because it's not just seeing something or being influenced by something, but it's deep down, you know, the ingredients that make up certain collectors and you know how they operate and your value, their experience. And I think getting inspired by logging on Instagram, listening to a podcast or, you know, following someone on Twitter is, is a good thing. I think it also, another good thing about this, the height of media or new media is just like community, right? We have group chats, we're building relationships, we're learning things, we're gathering information. Also education, we post cards, we share cards, there's stories, buy, selling and trading, the efficiency around that with people you know, and there's no red tape, there's less fees. So I think these are really good things with the proliferation of just new mediums in our lives. I think the bad thing is, and is just the huckster, right? It's knowing that there's people out there who are so self-indulgent and so about themselves that they're doing what they're doing to try to capitalize and take advantage. The huckster, the grifter, they're out there. They're scammers. There's pompers. It's okay to be excited about your cards. It's another to post your cards every day and pairing it with specific player, their stats, information, trying to get people, swindling people in to know how excited you are to collect that player, but you're just there to pull the rug out from everyone else. And I think transactional thinking, manipulation, I know this is adjacent. I know this isn't the same thing, but just think about the facade put up by saying Sam Bakeman Friedman and from the whole FTX crypto gimmick. This is something I've been following. I'm just interested in the fallout because I think there's so much shams that are happening. I think individuals are running these shams. And I my take on all of this, and I think it's some a lesson learned from maybe the crypto space, which is something I maybe never would have said before, is look at who's talking the most. Look at who is out in front and center. Look who is positioning. The people that are constantly out in the open talking and on their pulpit, telling you what to do, telling you how to do it. Be highly skeptical. Be highly skeptical. Be highly skeptical of everyone. I've said this, be highly skeptical of me. The more we can be skeptical of each other, I think the better results we're going to get from everyone. I think there are con artists in our hobby who don't give a shit about you and want to make you believe that they do. Think about the bad side of all this. Now think about a guy like Andy in his position. 
what he talked about last week. And if you haven't listened already, listen to it. There's a difference than pulling up your phone, going on YouTube and taking what you see as face value. Big difference in walking into IndyCar Exchange, having a face-to-face conversation with someone like Andy, who has been doing this for a decade plus. That's why the hobby shop's critical and vital. We need face-to-face, we need those types of conversations, and we need that for new people that are entering our hobby. I'm a professional marketer. I spend my entire life in content. I think one thing we should all be looking at, especially as we're going into 2023, is make sure the person giving you information on your other end, as you're being highly skeptical, is authentic. Authenticity is critical and is the most important thing we can evaluate anybody and any creator on. Audience size of those individuals should not matter. Everyone has the opportunity to create content. Anyone listening has this. And it's not just having a show. It's not just doing the YouTube thing. It's not just getting out in front of anyone whenever you can. But you have a phone in your pocket and you post cards. This does not all mean we need big shows. But I think at the end of the day, we need to be here to educate. I think first touch is important. First touch online. I went through this. There are so many different ways to go about it, and we can get lost. We can get lost in going around different groups, communities, content, and it's hard to navigate. And you have to want to learn or understand that you're going to come across a bunch of shit and you're going to need to siphon through the shit to get to the gold. And that's the experience I went through. First touch at a hobby shop is completely different. You're walking in, there's so much tribal knowledge. They're there to share. They're there to help. I think about the four elements of hip hop, and I you think about DJing, MCing, graffiti, break dancing. There's got to be four elements of the sports card, a hobby, and I'll tell you what, the hobby shop is certainly one of them, no doubt about it. I love this hobby. I think this is the best place we can all spend our time. There's so much passion. There's so much energy, and there's so much common ground. The more we can take what we're doing, take all the good fun we're having in that time that's away from life's priorities, life's troubles, and everything else that's stacking up around us and make the most of that and share that experience with other collectors, share the information, share your cards, share all the good that is happening. Eventually, all of this bullshit at the top, all the people pushing their products, all this nonsense, it's going go to go to the wayside. Who's coming in is drying up because of these people. It's not helping. So what we can do as collectors is do our thing. Let's be proud to be here, be passionate, and do whatever we can to share what we do and what we love and why we do it. I love this podcast. I love sports cards, and I appreciate all of you stopping by. Happy freaking holidays. McGrath Cards, my brother, on Friday's episode. We'll talk to you soon.